Once again to Justice Radio Network and Stories from the Heart. And here I am, as usual, with Libby. Hey, Libby. How's it going? Well, I'm glad to be here. It's always nice to be back with the virtual family. That's right. And it's the last uh, Stories from the Heart of 2016. Yay. And we're going into a brand new year, are we? Yeah. I am looking Yes. I'm glad Christmas is over. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's so cool thing. I mean, I, I didn't really participate hardly at all, um, especially being on Florida that's like um, completely different to what I'm used to for Christmas weather-wise and environment-wise and everything. Like, it's like, it's just like of my past life of Christmas experiences is pretty much all the cold and um, yeah, it's just a very different environment to be in. So really, I didn't, I didn't mind. I worked for Christmas Day. I looked after the horses, pretty much on my own. There was somebody came in and helped me clean out the stalls in the morning, and came back and helped a little bit in the afternoon. But apart from that, I was just uh, getting the horses out and moving around a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I came back and wonderful people I stay with here had some lovely dinner made, so they invited me to join for that. So that was very nice. And, uh, but other than that, it was pretty much a, um, yeah, just another day, which is always good. And the other people that work with me, you know, got to take the day off, which is nice because, you know, they spend all year long working really hard and it's nice that I can stand in there and let them take the day off for Christmas day, which they, you know, most people have something to do with, whereas most of us know that it's all a bit of a kind of con anyway. And what was interesting is that so many people expressed how little Christmas spirit they had, which was interesting. Right. Uh, I certainly didn't have any. And I chose to hibernate, and it was wonderful. I had a great time being mostly on my own. Right. And uh, just enjoying watching videos for Shane, getting outside a little bit, but the weather has been weird, very fierce winds, rain, snow, the whole gamut. So it's nice to hibernate. Can you yes. That's what winter's all about. It's nice to feel that it's okay to do that, isn't it? Yeah. And one video, I just actually watched this one today. Great. Thank you, Bindi, for turning me on to uh, Teal Swan. Uh, was uh, a young man was having issues with his father in regards to money and lifestyle and her conclusion was so helpful for me to see can you hear me or not hear me yes it's faint but i can hear you was that 
by making our love conditional as to your behaving the way we want you to is so abusive, which is what parents traditionally do to their children, society does to us, our friends, our neighbors all do that to us, especially when you go down the no name road. Mm. You become prime targets for that kind of abuse. And I had not seen it as abuse until right. the way she responded. So I think it's called you can't have money because of your family or you can't earn money. I'll post the link in, in the room, but it was great. It was so different things like that. Mm -hmm. Very enlightening for me too. Yeah, that's interesting to observe that sort of thing. And um, I've realized that the people that are completely non-judgmental are few and far between. So there are people, if they don't approve of what you're doing, they're going to be um, judgmental. And then that conditional love comes in, doesn't it? So that's very interesting and it's good to become aware of such circumstances and ways of behaving. So definitely that's something that's very interesting to um, observe and we can be aware of. Now, to kind of go uh, in line with that, um, I think we both came across this, uh, a new recording from our dear brother, Garrett John Laporto goes by. He's the creator of the, the Wayseer Manifesto and many other wonderful things, the Wayseer sort of like movement and stuff. And he put a message out um, in the middle of December, just I think it was right before Christmas, so probably a week ago, uh, about how you change people. And that's something that we normally sort of would think, well, you know, how do we change people? But the way he describes it is something that we've talked about on this show a lot before. And it's about when you see the good in people and the beauty of them and you acknowledge it, you keep seeing more and more of it. And he has a very eloquent way of, of describing things. And um, I want to share that with everyone tonight now. Um, for anyone that hasn't seen it, you, you know, you can go to his um, YouTube channel, but I, I've, you know, um, downloaded it as an MP3 so I can play it on here. I, I suppose I could have played it on YouTube too. But um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to play here. So I'll, I'll share the screen again um, so that I can play that. Um, Perfect. Yeah, so that you guys can hear. And yeah, just um, appreciate him and his way of of um, Describing, you know, how we do these things, how we can can actually change people. It's it, he, he definitely has a really great way of putting stuff over. So when this thing manages to wake itself up, I think it's kind of slow. It doesn't like me putting this window up over the front of um, the whole page and everything starts moving very slowly so let's see if it, this is it loaded here or not um he just calls it how you change people and uh it's definitely a very interesting uh recording i just want to see if this is it whether you may not like how things right? are going you may not agree with those who seem to have power over your happiness but here is a great secret of life 
You have way more influence than you realize. Gandhi called this influence truth force, love force, soul force. It is the inherent power in you to conjure the truth and the very best in other people. It is the power in you to change people's hearts and minds by changing the way you see them, by changing the way you observe them. Nobel physicist Max Planck said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Scientists have discovered that when a teacher is merely told a student has a higher IQ, that student's IQ rises to meet the teacher's expectations. Expecting the best from people brings out the best in people. But the reverse is also true. Seeing the worst in people brings out the worst in people. Your consciousness has the power to conjure the very best or the worst in everyone you observe, even at a distance. Our friends, our families, our children, our co-workers, our police, even our presidents, we have the power to change each and every one of their hearts and minds simply by changing our own hearts and minds about them. We all have darkness in us, but we also have the light. And in every moment we have another chance, another choice of whether darkness or the light is given reign over our consciousness. What you stand witness for in others is strengthening them by the power of your observation. When you look for the worst in someone, when you make them wrong in your mind, when you refuse to see the best in them, you are committing a spiritual assault of the worst kind. For you are testifying against their ability to choose the light, standing witness for the darkness in them, and strengthening its power over their heart and mind. If you've ever faced a hostile crowd, a hostile cop, a hostile lover, you felt the destructive force of another's contempt for you. Do not give in to this way of seeing. Stand witness for the light in others. The unassailable divine spark forever shines in the hearts of every man, woman, and child, just waiting to be called forward. When you call on the divine spark and someone you lend it the strength to prevail in their consciousness, the power of your divine witnessing calls forth the truth in other people's minds. It calls forth the love in their hearts. It calls forth the grace and the beauty of their souls. Divine witnessing is the most powerful form of nonviolence because it heals the very source of violence. It turns your enemies into friends, even when you thought they were deplorable and wrong. In a place where you see no light, you make your own. You call upon the divine spark within you and invite it to reveal itself in those who oppose you. The divine spark in your heart ignites itself in others through the blazing light and love of your consciousness. Witness for that. Strengthen that. Insist upon that. The truth in me calls out to the truth in you. For it is only that I will stand witness to. It is only that I am determined to see. It is only that I will testify for. For to condemn you would be to condemn me, and we are the same. And so I insist on regarding you as true, and good, and wise, and kind. And so it will be, because that is what we all want to see. Mm -hmm. He speaks truth. Nice. Yeah, so anybody that wants to go back and look at that again, it's uh, 
I think his uh, YouTube is just uh, Garrett John. And I think you'll find it on there. And it's how you change people. So that was some great wisdom there. Great wisdom. That whole thing about if you tell someone else they're wrong, you're wrong too. Because we are the same. It's that whole thing about that we're all in this together that we're all creating the same thing and we see the worst in others that's that's what's going to come out in them and it's really so interesting to recognize that because once you start to actually act that way in in seeing the best in in people you just keep seeing more and more of the best side of them well Um, that was what was so interesting in teal swan was that she was telling the young man to imagine uh, having interactions and questioning the behavior to see was it really a psychopath behind there or a loving kind person who would then witness to him, him trying to figure out why this was happening. You know, it was very deep for me anyways because I hadn't really resonated with Teal Swan before but I suddenly saw the depth where she, she's kind of pushy, right? Yes. Her, her, her people. But it, in a really good way to help them see their blocks. And not as a judgment, but to help free ourselves from those blockages that are basically since we're two years old and up as we do our encounters with the world. And so, well, yeah, thanks to Garrett. He really took mm, yeah. Yeah, it's great to to be reminded of all these things, as most of them we do know. But when we get those reminders, especially such powerful ones like you're talking about, what you've got to recognize via Teal Swan's message, and then this message from Garrett John, they're they're just pointers. They're reminders. Say, look, you know this stuff. Act on it. Do it. Be it. Live it. And when we do, we do, and when we stay observant, you can see the difference in your own life experience because of those around you. I mean, when we're completely alone, that's one thing. But when you're having to interact with others, it's amazing the difference when you start to see the good. You you, you go past you might happen to observe something that someone's doing that you feel is not good but you look past that and you see the things that are the type of thing that you you like to um how you like to be yourself how you feel is uh the way that humane humane beings behave and act towards each other and the the whole thing about us being there for each other to support and encourage. When you see those that are doing their best and their part to, like especially when you're working with a team of others and you see that you're all interacting and um, doing your part, and it becomes a, an employment when everyone is participating with the best heart. And when you see the good parts in everyone, then after a while you, you don't really see any of those things that you, you don't like so much. You see more and more and more of the things, the good parts and the parts that you call good 
because those are the parts that resonate. I mean, I'm not saying we're trying to change people into being like ourselves because that wouldn't be cool. But um, I guess it's about just seeing those observing and acknowledging those traits that shows that that other living being is humane and supportive and doing their best for where they're at and what's going on around them. It's uh, definitely a very interesting way to go through this life experience with those different ways of looking like that whole quote of when you change the things the change, the way you look at things, the things you look at change. It's so simple, but so true. Yeah. And trying being um, a joyful person and making a difference to someone, opening the door, being kind, you know, just seeing where you can bring a spark of joy into people's lives. Like going to see my friend in the nursing home on Christmas Day. And it was another friend that wanted to go. She wanted to bring this part of joy. And we did. And that was sweet. You know, there was also all the stuff that goes on in the nursing home to amplify. Uh, how important that spark of joy was to our friend, potentially, if she could still be here, but she's not. So it's kind of like that dance is still still playing. You're here, we love you. We may not remember next second that we were here and that we love but mm. we love an accepting mm. it may just be a fleeting if anything um, yeah it, doing the best we can to pass our love on yeah how we can not how someone else wants us to and how we can and that's I think important too that that becomes abusive when you're doing it to please someone as opposed to just doing it you know what I mean yes that's a really important point to to make sure that all this stuff is like a really it's it's all about balance again let's go back to that balance thing about you've still got to be you know like here we're talking about saying you know how you see others is is how you change them but at the same time they've got to be able to be themselves as well so you don't want to sort of, like I was saying before, I, I don't want to change them all to being like me because there's nobody else like me. We're all different. But I think it's about this, we perceive, we're looking at the they, who are they, the baddies. I, I guess what is our energy field bringing into a room or not? It's the energy field. Yes. Energy field heavy and negative. Right. Get out of my way. Yes. I had moments of bah humbug. Like I really wanted to make sure that I didn't get pulled into stuff I didn't want to. So there was a bah humbug, but I was able to explain that boundary of just wanting to be where I was to those that wanted to take me into their business gatherings, and and 
and not appear ungrateful. Instead, receive the gift of being allowed to be me and them allowed to be those that would invite me, that would love me anyways. If I didn't just, you know what I mean? Rather than feel like, oh, I gotta go because being who you are and being okay with it. But make your field as sweet as it can be. Now, and I don't mean a fake sweetness, just a, there's no point in, in, in laboring as to why you are in your state, just accepting that you're in the state of wanting to be in a den, and, but loving the fact that there, there are people that would like to have you. You know what I mean? It's, it's a delicate dance of feeling obliged and recognizing what you need in this moment. And is it okay to give you what you need? Yeah, yeah. You know, I often think, you know, this show was spawned from us recognizing the truth about what the legal name actually is. And, you know, some of the time we just sort of mention it in passing and on it goes. Because, and I think, you know, that's not such the biggest focus on these conversations now. Although we embrace every story people come in with from having experiences because of their their, um, awareness of what the legal name is. But really, at the end of the day, what it means is that we know what it's trying to do, and that is control us in a very, very brutal and horrible way. Like, what did I say? It's horribly brilliant. Um, But being aware of what it is and what it can do to us, like you mentioned earlier when we were having a quick chat, that you don't want to get sucked back into the extent that you'd have to do taxes and stuff like that. Because I don't, I I don't either. I've I've no um, desire to get back into it to any depth that I would have to participate in its, its insidiousness, its whole pullingness. So the fact that we're aware of what it is and what it's trying to do makes us know we know what we don't want and that makes us know what we do want and we want to live in more of of doing exchange like you're talking about you're being creative you're making these lovely slippers and various other beautiful things to exchange and that's what i feel that ultimately that's all any of us really want to have to do is to be creative because that's who we are and with the things we create that we don't need ourselves, that we can exchange them with other people that are being creative and step over that whole matrix thing ultimately. So this conversation is really about what can we do to get to where we want to be? What do we need to know? These whole conversations about like what Garrett John has shared and what um, Teal Swan shared those are all things to get into our awareness. They're like I was saying to you earlier, they're really reminders because we do actually know all this stuff. Um, a lot of us, particularly even in this, this sort of like reality, we know it, but as souls and, and um, 
you know, greater beings. We know all this stuff. And, but having reminders like that from each other really helps us to know, to, well, it helps us to, to be our true, authentic, beautiful, loving, kind and creative selves. And it also allows us to see where we don't want to be, who we don't want to be, what we don't like. And it makes us aware of where we want to be, what we want to do and what we do like, what we do want, what we don't want. And really, I just invite anyone to share any of their stories as to how they've become aware of what's a program. And you're just working through these programs. And I see people in programs in the horse world where I'm at. And some of it kind of works because especially when we have a a language barrier, we've got a lot of um, Spanish speaking people that work with horses. And some of them, the language is, you know, not that that easy to get across but they're in a program they know you know you have to do this at this time and that at that time and the the other time and it's all well and good when it works and it's a program but then I'm like but today we shouldn't do it like that because this is going on with this horse and that's happening to that one and it would be better if we did it a bit different and that's when I really observe programs and that happens throughout lives until you become aware that they exist and that we're working out of programs like everything we do is a program. And when you've got a system that's going on, that's a complete program, you get in the morning, you have your breakfast, you go get in your car and you drive to work and you do your work and you have to stop for a break and you go for lunch and you, you come back and you work a bit more and you do this, that, and you get back in the car and you drive home and you have your dinner and you watch the TV and then you go to bed. That's a complete, complete program. And so many people are in that completely, completely unaware that they're in a program. And I think what's happened differently for us is that we know uh, all those things are programs and that we can change anything we choose to change. So I'm, what I'm just trying to say is that... Is, what's that? Uh, I'm losing you. Uh, oh, maybe okay. Fading out. You're red, you're totally... Okay. Yeah, so um, if you can hear me, I, I'm just like, you know, yeah. making that observation and, and making that comment that this is this whole um, Stories from Heart has spawned from us sharing our stories, from having the awareness of what the legal name is and is trying to do to keep us under Anybody control. Anybody else having hearing problems? You are? Okay. Um, yeah, you're... Yeah. Oh, do you have your headphones on? You well, I, I mean, I've got I've got my big mic here, so it shouldn't be. Yeah, now you're fine. The mic, no. yeah, it's sitting here. So uh, having the headphones really is so that it doesn't the sound doesn't come yeah, yeah. speakers. But um, yeah. So uh, anyway, I just wanted to kind of bring that up because you know this is supposedly all about legal name fraud and deception and all that stuff, but the picture is so much bigger than just that awareness and uh, but the awareness of it is huge to know that that's going on and I think that's the biggest thing we've acknowledged that before and that we do uh, end any spiritual agreements and contracts of that legal name but there's quite a lot more that we can do beyond that 
to get ourselves to a place where we want to be in. This is another conversation I've had is like, okay, so what do we want here? Do we want to be here? Do we want to disappear into another realm? Um, I was having a, a, a chat with somebody um, recently and we were sort of saying that, you know, perhaps if we create that environment in which to live, where we're living with the land, with nature, we're being creative, we're sharing our creative uh, manifestations, we're create, creating, making things and we're sharing them and uh, exchanging with them. And we're living in this environment whereby we're living in employment on the land. Maybe we'll just slip through the veil. Maybe we'll be on that land and living on lovely little tiny homes and little hobbit houses and we're growing stuff and whatever. And something will be like everybody else around us is doing the same. Maybe we'll just slip through that veil. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Imagine that. Yeah, I like that idea too. I thought maybe that's the way to go. Maybe that's what we need to do. So that's what I'm heading to do. That's my vision is to create a, an, uh, the ability to live with nature, which we now have also observed is not perfect either because it's consuming itself. And but maybe we'll slip through onto that genuine earth that's not all consuming. If we start to live that way as best we can with given the environment we're in that is all consuming, and that we'll become minimalists and we're living in harmony with the plants and the animals as best we can. And we're being creative and loving and kind and helpful to each other and supportive, we just could slip on through. Wouldn't that be nice? Bring it on, I say. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know if there's anyone that uh, is able to share any stories with us today. I see that. Mr. Lowe, no legal names with us, but he might have lots of noise around him because we know that happens in his home. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what else um, I can share. I mean, it's about, really, it's all about that re recognition of, of who and what we are and what we could be and what, what can we do to get to where we want to be? What can we, you know, we've got ourselves into these places that we don't want to be. Like so many of us have got ourselves into these, you know, I mean, like a lot of us that are, you know, listening here and whatever, have got ourselves out of where we, we don't, because we realize these jobs and stuff were not cool. And we've got out of that. And now it's a bit of a struggle to support the, the being, the living, the living body, um, without those so-called jobs. So it's just quite an interesting thing, you know. This is what these these stories. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got five boy, five boys, not just the three, five. Oh my goodness, 
that must be uh yeah pretty wild that's uh no, no, no legal name. Let's just left us a message there. Let us know. So yes, it is too loud for him to jump in at the moment. But yeah, you know, we're all doing the best we can with this awareness. Like you said, you don't want to jump through those hoops to go and get help from the flipping system because it means feeding the no, blood. If I, if I did tax, if I did my taxes, and if I asked for welfare, most likely I get it. I would need to do both of those things to get back. And there's no way. I want to start doing taxes again. I mean, I, I haven't done them in quite a few years. So mm. it's like, okay, so this, I got to manifest. I got to find more ways to find other sources of income that are not related to the system to do with exchange, to find a household that really does understand the value. But that's far and few between. Most landlords want rent. The power companies still want cash. The internet companies still want dollars. You know, everybody, this is why to be free from the system, you really have to not be using any of it. And that's we right. all use it. I yeah. love having hot running water. <laughs> I love having power. Right. And uh, I've done without it, and I'd rather have it. And I love having it. You know, I do have to be judicious with it so that I don't spend too much time on it. And but it, it, it's these things that still trap us in the system. Now, if we were all living somewhere in the woods, wouldn't we want to still have that connection with the other virtual family, or would that all be cut off? Or do we reach a higher level of telepathic? and teleportation and all where I feel we're headed, which is to becoming that bubble of energy like La Belle Belle that could move from one place to another. That's a really good movie. I'm sure we've talked about it, but I haven't mentioned it again. It's called La Belle Belle. It's called the what? Beautiful Green. The Beautiful Green. Oh yes, I got I got to see half of it, and I never got to see the whole of it. So I would like to go and see the rest of that. Yeah, when I was at Rakeham's, I had to look far for uh, a video. In the end, I just put it in that Ben Vast uh, free movie, and I eventually found a link for it. I can look for it again. And put mm. it in but it's I must watch this. Thanks. Transport and then they transported it was through a bubble of energy and they went from a planet to another planet that's right it's like that's got to be one of the ways we will be able to move ourselves if not just yes yeah you see that's a, a version of what i was talking about um with this potential that if we go and start to live with nature and live from our hearts and be creative and be loving and kind with each other. What if that just led us to just slip on through to the to the side where it is natural and it's non-consuming and it, it's complete employment with everyone around, everything around you. Yeah, I really, I mean, in Hearts Online, it seems to be the inspiration for some of us to gather together in and as we're other places be where people start to gather. Yeah, yeah. Like minds, yeah. like like-hearted, like-mind beings, 
with the same vision and, and intention, then I feel that it is possible to, to at least live harmoniously with the land and the way nature is at, at the moment, in these moments of now. And um, it just was uh, a conversation I was having with uh, uh, someone who goes by Jacob. And I got to have a lovely chat with him um, about a week ago. Might have been the day after the show, the day after that, Friday maybe. And that kind of came up as we were talking along through it. And I was saying, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to live on the land to be creative and, um, you know, uh, interact with nature as best I can and uh, be loving and kind with everyone around. And um, it just suddenly felt, oh, maybe that's when we'll just slip on through to the the real, genuine earth. Slip on through, just slip sliding away, right? <laughs> slip, slip on through. And we suddenly, yeah, I mean, imagine like living there on this lovely land that we've got and we're creating, we've got our little homes and we're growing things and, and we go down our little driveway and we come to the end and we come onto a road. And most of the time it's the way it is in all these houses with um, satellite dishes and whatever's on. And then maybe one day we'll get to the end of the little driveway and we'll find ourselves on a, a little kind of track and trail and we might go along it and we might suddenly say, oh, no, there's another people there. They're doing the same as us. Ah. And along another one. And then we realise that everyone around us is living the same as us. Everyone. Everyone, 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 everywhere. And there's not so much... There's, there's only gentle little buildings and no massive great monstrosities anywhere and no wires and cables and and damage to natural land and everyone's just living in harmony and balance with the land around them we that's when we know we've slipped through when everyone's doing the same as us and right that's a shame but i don't know what i can do about that yeah i mean we're getting (laughs) Yeah, well, that's a shame. But that was uh, feeling very nice. Yeah. Yeah, so I was just saying, you know, what if everybody is literally living the same as us? Like, we'll we'll know we've slipped through if we go down the end of our little driveway and go get to the end of it and set off along and there's no old cars and modern stuff going around. There's just people living in their little areas with their own little homes and just living in harmony and balance with each other. We all know we've slipped through then. It'll be just inflammation all around. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's, that's for us. it's quiet down there, but you may be able to jump in once. If you're, if you keep breaking up, I'm going to tell you, so jump in if you can. Just yeah, we'll jump in any time. I'm, I'm just yeah, kind of filling in. Not sure whether it'll be quiet or not. <laughs> he said, well, when it's quiet down here, so we'll have to give him a chance to uh, get him a chance to get it uh, quiet around there. So, uh, well, that's okay because we, I, I actually can, I can envision what's going on there because having been able to visit there, I can imagine what's going on. Now there's five boys instead of three, that's even more to manage. <laughs> so uh that's okay 
Yeah, so... Um, another question from our brothers. Everyone's uh, connect ion, e, uh, icon a bit choppy. So yours keeps turning red and yellow. I have no idea what mine turns. And I can't see anybody else's uh, connection. So if you're choppy coming in, choppy too, legal name, no legal name, rather. <laughs> I don't know. How's yours looking, Lotus? Your connection is good. Oh well, the uh, energies are pretty strong right now. Oh, all the different. Uh, yeah. Um, blessings going around the planet. Love. Um, yeah. Imagine. Yeah, we're heading right into this 2017 year as well, so that could make a difference, you never know. So... Hey, everybody. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, everybody seems to be coming through pretty well, but every now and then I'll lose you. It seems a little more... Uh, it seems more choppy than normal. There's probably a lot of traffic on the net right now. True. Due to the holidays. Right. That could be it. <clears throat> so we're probably, yeah, we're, we're, we're exceeding bandwidth all over the planet, which is good. Which is right. Very good. The, the internet has offered us the opportunity to do two ways and three ways and four ways and multiple ways where before the internet, it was just one way brain, brainwashing downloads into the TV <laughs> or the radio. <laughs> True. Yeah. So I do have a story I can share. This cool. has been a crazy week because we've all heard the familiar saying, when it rains, it pours. <laughs> Such has been the case. And uh, so... Here we are get going into the Christmas holiday, and uh, my, my middle boy, uh, his given name is Dark, and he decides to uh, develop an abscess in one of his baby teeth, and uh, so I start that day. He wakes up, wakes us all up in, at the middle of the night, screaming in pain, crying. It's, it's very tumultuous. And so, um, oh, as hurts. soon as, yeah, you, you, everybody knows the uh, mm. when when the teeth go to hurt, that you hurts. can't think about anything. Yes, <laughs> I've been there. Yes, we've all been through that. Yes. <laughs> well, this little guy is only nine years old. He's just nine years old in in in, in the current uh, body, and uh, he's just having a time of it. So I get on the phone and I start calling around, and I call twenty about 20 different dentists. But what's interesting is the first or second one I called, they said, uh, we don't have an opening to see anybody, but give me the, the name and number and we'll call you back in case something develops, you know, if there's an opening. And I said, okay. So I gave, gave them the information and uh, continued to call about 18 or 19 other people. And they all said, no, nope, we're all closed. There's no openings. And then at about 19 or 20, I get a phone call and it's that first, or it's the second dentist that I called. And they said, we do have an opening. Come, come on in in about three hours. And so that's what I did. I took dark into the dentist and uh, 
they did x-rays and all this, but as people with kids know, when you go into these places, they want you to sign uh, what's called a HIPAA document. Mm -hmm. Are you guys familiar with that? It's legalese. Okay. (laughs) No. (laughs) And you know, I don't sign legalese. Right. I know that. But I approached it a little differently this time because I'm oftentimes involved with, uh, in the past, it's, it's become confrontational. Mm. And so my life experiences in, in 2016 have helped to bring clarity to uh, uh, different ways of dealing with people who are steeped in the matrix. Mm. The, one, the ones who are hopelessly inured. <laughs> and so when when they when they so they give they give you the little clipboard with a pen right and uh you know all this information but then it like gets real thick when it comes to the legalese Mm. and so i fill out the pertinent information like um are there any problems with medications like penicillin any adverse reactions any allergies etc all that's very important. But then in the bottom of all of these things, which is kind of interesting because it's not on the top, it's on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's the HIPAA statement. And I turn the page and there it is, and it's Glossa. Yeah. Right? You know, it's not even. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, you know, I'm not, I'm definitely not going there, but I'm going to approach this a different way. So I, I give it the clipboard. And I'm, and I'm waiting, you know, I, I put my hands together and I'm waiting for them to, because, you know, part of their job description is to go through those papers and to look for those signatures, right? right? Mm. They, they're looking for the bonding element, which is the signature. Mm. And so they get to the HIPAA statement and they're like, well, this needs to be filled out. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, uh, I, I just don't understand anything that I'm seeing on those papers. <laughs> I don't. I don't, when I look at those papers, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, I don't, I don't even see English in a lot of it. <laughs> and they're just like, <laughs> and this particular dentist, the, the receptionist was, uh, she was very receptive to that. And she said, no problem. Wow. No problem whatsoever. No, wow. need, no need to go there. But she, Ooh. she did quickly attempt to, to explain but, um, you know, it's was, it was just a real quick uh, attempt. And I just said, yeah, look, you know, I'm not going to sign anything I don't understand. And so that's how that went. Cool. Um, but, but it's interesting because just prior to that, um, we went in and got antibiotics for the kids due to a, um, strep, potential strep. Mm-hmm. And um, th- when I went to the pharmacy, they're like, oh, no. When I went to that particular pediatrician, uh, not a pediatrician, it's a general practitioner because we do not use pediatricians mm. at all, nor will we. Right. We use general practitioner at this point. Right. And um, the uh, so the receptionist at that particular GP said, um, this has to be filled, this has to be signed, the HIPAA statement. I said, well, again, I don't understand that. And uh, she said, she attempted to explain it. And just just consider the folly of a general practitioner's 
a receptionist that a general practitioner, she does not have bar membership. She does not have the legal knowledge, experience, and skills to even begin to explain what a HIPAA statement means, what the import of a HIPAA statement is. And she was attempting to do that. And But, but what, what happened is this. She said, this is to protect your privacy. This is just a, us acknowledging that we are not going to share any of your medical information with other people without your consent. And I looked at her and I said, I take you at your word. Nice. And as soon as I said that, the GP just happened to walk by. <laughs> this is a guy that we've been to before. And he said, she began to give me a little bit of, um, something, yeah, a little bit of uh, what you call it, static. <laughs> <laughs> Attitude. A little bit of attitude. She again tried to re-explain. Before she could get far, the lady next to her said, he's refusing to sign. That's okay. Just put refuse. And then with that, the general practitioner doctor said, yeah, he'd probably need an attorney to, to uh, interpret what's in that document. Wow. <laughs> oh, really? Ah, ah, ah. Thank God, watch them germinate. <laughs> All right, man. That's that's what it is. I mean, wow. truly. Wow. Acknowledgement. I'm not from the society that did write the, the members of that juristic, uh, juridical, uh, uh, temple bar priest society. I'm not even there. I'm not even recognizing what I'm reading. And uh, yeah, they all got it. Uh, to what degree, I don't know. But uh, he, he, he later, that general practitioner later said, uh, everybody signs that. You're the only person that's never not signed that. You're the only one that's ever come into the office and never signed that. Wow. <laughs> wow. See, it shows how oblivious people are. They just do as they're told. Right. And, you know, in order, the way I read, I read, uh, you know, uh, say slow to fast five being the fastest I read right about three and four area mm -hmm. uh, read and comprehend right and for me to read just the HIPAA document and and comprehend mm -hmm. just the you know and really we can't comprehend it because it's right. written with all these different intentions because it's written by the priests right but for me just to go through it and basically comprehend it, not fully and profoundly comprehend it, right. um, and certainly not ever adequately, adequately comprehend it because I'm not right there with the author of the document going back and forth with him or her, right. but it would take me a minimum of 45 minutes, 45 minutes to read that particular document, wow. the HIPAA statement. Wow. Yeah. So what I did find... Yeah, so as I was kind of leafing through it, I, just, I was just hitting the high points. One thing I did find of interest was that that information, once you sign the document, you are agreeing to allow for any information that you exchange between the doctor and like patient and doctor, you're agreeing to allow for that information to be transmitted over to CPS. Huh. So... Yeah, so it's really it's it's more it's more than just a notice. It is a contract that is, in this thing that particular clause of the contract is tucked away, on like the second or it's like the third or fourth page area. 
it's kind of, you know, they know people aren't going to read down to that level. Most people hate legal stuff. They hate law stuff and they are completely, you know, at odds. Their, their inner, their spiritual being is at odds with all things legal. I'm that way. Um, most people around me are that way. The, the difference between me and most people is I had to go there in order to, to comprehend the extent of the matrix. And that was, that was truly enlightening for me. I don't even need to go there now because I, I get it, but they, it's, it's, it's fascinating to see these contracts that people get themselves into with the stroke of a pen. And you've got these receptionists who are pushing this. And so the, the lesson that this gave to me is, and that I would like to share with other people is um, when they put something in front of you, if it doesn't feel right, if you don't understand it, meaning you're not willing to stand under it in every way, right? then you need to say that, be honest, say, I don't understand this. Yes. And that's so important because you can't fault the man for not doing something that he doesn't understand. If he doesn't understand something on a piece of paper, exactly. no one in the right mind is going to compel them to do that. And if they were to do that, you know, if they were to go down that road, this, these, these receptionists say, look, you know, I don't understand what this writing is all about, what these spells are about. <laughs> you know, would, would you, what will happen if I don't sign a document that I don't understand? Right. What will happen today? And so just as King, be asking by asking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that's kind of the message that I get from all that, from my, my life experiences to, to the current is be more asking oriented, be inquiring because the problems that we're experiencing today is because we're not inquisitive enough. We're not curious yes. enough and we're not bringing that curiosity into the, into a thought form, which is a question. Exactly. And putting it into that that other point of view, which is sitting across from you, the receptionist, for example. Yeah. They're just they're just another point of us. They they're our brothers and sisters over there, but they're in a program. (laughs) Exactly. Going through it. Yeah. (laughs) So in the way the, the the way to defeat said programming is to be more inquisitive. Yes. You know, I don't understand this. Do you understand this? If you understand this, it must mean that you're, you're an attorney. Are you an attorney? No. Okay. Well, this is clearly a legal document. We don't want to go down this road unless we're attorneys, do we? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so, yeah, so every, it all went well. Never signed anything that they wanted me to sign regarding the, the, the legal thing. Legal documents, never signed any of that. Right. Um, when I did, when I did put a mark on the paper, it was a, it was a given name, given name only. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason I do that is because these people are so badly programmed mm-hmm. that if they start seeing a troublemaker at the door, they just go mm-hmm. straight to the authorities, the so-called mm-hmm. authorities. And there's yeah. no, need, there's no need to really go to, right. to, to, to create an alert in their program. Sure. Uh, and you know, it, cause they, they, it's almost like they're trained to look for 
things out of the ordinary. Yes. In order, it, it, it's it's like they're hunting constantly. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, in the healthcare field, it's gotten so bad. But the way to deal with it, from my experience, is to just be asking, Const, just constantly be asking. asking. Yeah. That yeah. will diffuse a lot of situations. It will create more the environs of learning as opposed to um, <clears throat> I'm here to be autonomous and uh, not connected. So by means of asking, we're a lot more connected, I think, because yeah. we really are trying to figure things out. We're trying to have a meeting of the minds mm -hmm. with the people that are sitting across the table from us. We really are. Oftentimes we already know what the answer is. We know what the deal is. But by asking questions, both of us can share, you know, in that wonderment, which, you know, in, it, 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 at a minimum, asking questions pauses programming. It, it pauses yes. the... It does. The protocol. It doesn't nix it completely. It doesn't eliminate the protocol, but it does pause it, and that's important. Because when you have a pause, you have an exception. And when you have an exception to the program, you can have a fault in the program and you can just shut it down that way. You can shut it down through an exception or a fault in the code. Does that, does that make sense? It's not, it's not yes. that you're saying everybody's wrong. You're just saying there's an exception here and let's just go, Oh, you know, let's this, 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 this living being is going into the exception box. He's not in the standard programming. And as long as he's in the exception box, everything's fine. But if he goes into the hostility box, mm -hmm. then we're going to, uh, this things could get out of hand. Right. right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Let me close the door right quick. I've got, <laughs> got young going and not closing my door. Hold on. <laughs> we got, we got uh, a couple, couple friends of the kids over to, Right, hanging today, and we we all went and saw a movie. They saw oh, a movie nice. called Sing, oh, nice. and then and then I split off from them to go watch Passengers oh. with uh, Mocking Jay Chick. What's her name? Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is which is fascinating, guys. If you everyone needs to go see Passengers or somehow see it because it's about a guy that woke up. Wow. Way too soon. And he was all alone on the ship with a robot. <laughs> and he had 90, 90 more years to go before he came to his destination. So he, he woke up like a lot of us if we feel like we've woken up too early, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> and wow. then he, he, after a year of being alone, this guy says, you know, I think I'm going to wake up a, a lady friend a lady that I really like. And uh, that's what he did, but he didn't tell her he woke her up. He just said, oh, it was just an accident that you woke up too early. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So when she found out, she had a lot of resentment to him toward him because she did not want to be woken up and, and we're all in the situation. Are we not? <laughs> People in our life. I don't want to be woken up. So it's interesting how there's a lot of recognition of the reality that is. Yes. The, the consciousness that's 
we're, we're becoming more involved consciously. We're becoming more awake. We're becoming more aware. And the creative artists are they're they're manifesting these these ideas and this actual reality in movies. Yes, so, that's the thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. They're putting it all in the movies. Everything is there for us to see. We just have to have our eyes to see and ears to hear. We, That's right. It's all disclosure. And it's, it, it's not only disclosure, it's kind of a mirror, I think, that's going on right now. There's a, there's a lot of mirroring going on. They're saying that the consciousness coming, you know, it's increasing. And they're, they're seeing it, and they're just, they're just simply, it's, it's almost like, um, especially with sci-fi group of people that are intrigued by science fiction stories and, and uh, films. Um, there's a greater number of people who are more intrigued by the nightly news. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So yeah. Too many. You, yeah. And, and the people that l- watch Star Trek, for example, I was a big Trekkie years ago. Right. Always have. And they, they can smell a lie immediately. And so the best way to play a Star Trek or a, a science fiction film or story is to be at a minimum mirror the actual reality. You know, don't you're not gonna you're not gonna get one over on a on a sci-fi buff. Yeah. They, they think too much. They think and they feel feel too much. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, very wow. It's good stories. That's uh, interesting to see the people. Uh, in their programs, but yet accepting that you're not going to just conform and do what everybody else does in the way of signing these things that you don't understand. So that's, that's kind of progress in its own. It is. And it's the approach is not to decline Mm. just as, as a principle of declining, which we all have the, uh, we can decline anything we want to. But it's to come across with a soft decline, not a hard decline. Right. It seems like the the um, the automatons that, that that act as receptionists, they are they don't a soft decline is so much different than a hard decline. They're used to yes. hard decline because hard declines do not take a lot of finesse. It doesn't take a lot of of um, thought. Right. You just decline. And they know how to deal with that. So it's it's like a lot of things. It's the first, the first person, uh, the the first, the first party to say no is the one that loses. Mm. Because when you say no, it creates an emotional controversy at a minimum. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, you know, sometimes you got to do that at some point. But you 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 know, when it comes to like these situations with doctors, with those of us uh, with kids that we watch over. Um, these these doctors they they can be very hostile, and in these these teams of people they can be very hostile. So it's important to defeat their programming by simply telling them the truth. I don't understand what's being put in front of me. No doctor is going to sign something he doesn't understand. Right. Actually, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do, but um, because they they sign legal stuff all day long. And they have no clue what they're what what's what's being said on that legal document because they're not also attorneys. But um, it 
you don't even have to argue. You don't, you don't have to even defend yourself when you say, I'm not signing something because I don't understand. You don't, there's no defense required. It's just, yeah. Proof is self evident. Right. Um, well, I mean, all of those, I mean, people do tell you that you have to understand, read and understand something before you sign it. It's, it's actually normal protocol to do that. And so many people just can't be bothered right. with it, so you just sign it because you want whatever the end result is. But at least you have the option to say that I don't understand it, so therefore I'm not going to sign it. So that's that's they, yes. they have to accept that. They have to acknowledge that that's if you don't understand it, you can't sign it. So it was a really good way to go go through that. Yeah, and at one time it was a protocol and a program in and of itself that one didn't. They just simply didn't sign things or agree to things that they didn't clearly understand. Right. That's right. We got programmed to just do it, to conform and comply and get on with it and do it bloody well told. But it, it's right. if you've got the gumption to say, look, no, I don't understand it and, and don't think of just people sort of like, well, they think I'm stupid, stupid if I say that understand, so I pretend I do. <laughs> right? <laughs> so right. at least uh, you you don't care that anybody thinks you're stupid, that you, that you don't understand what it says because you're being not at least... Um, straight up and honest about it in actual fact <laughs> right well i it, it would be clear it would be clearly accurate as far as i'm concerned when i read a legal document like hippo with lots of glossa and i you know i know who wrote it i know i know the kind of people that wrote it they're part of the society that i'm not a member of right. and they're at odds with they're they're a parasitical class and they work in the, the world of the dead and I work in the world of the living and, but, it, but it's clearly accurate for me to say, I don't understand what they're doing because I don't, if I did, I might be one of them and I'm not, I mean, it's antithetical to everything that I am. I'm alive and I promote life and I, you know, I'm more of a healer, not a hacker the way these guys are in the legal society. And, um, I'm a legal, I'm an idiot, uh, legally speaking, Legally and legalese, I'm an idiot. I mean, it's extremely fair and accurate for me to be termed that way. It's not. That I'm, it's not that I'm. I'm an idiot, like uh, ignorant or stupid or anything like that. It's just that I, that's not. That's an area that takes quite a few years, and membership privilege. Sure. Okay. The 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 privilege that that a that a dues paying member of, of the legal society pays in order to get preferential treatment. When they write those documents, they're, they're, they're quite immune um, because, uh, you know, they. Just in most of our fields that they're listening to the show, um, it's most people want nothing to do with it. Much, you know, and obviously if we're not a, a, a dues paying union member of that club, then. Why on earth would I ever sign any of their their creations, their legal works? It's like signing a book. Um, would I go and and pick up a book and you know pick up a stack of books that uh, <clears throat> Margaret Mitchell wrote and pull you know put them on a table and and put a sign out and says author signing day uh, or, or book signing day and, and and start writing you know my signature to Margaret Mitchell's works no i wouldn't do that well that's that's what they're asking us to do at these doctor's offices when they say sign the hipaa statement 
they're asking you, then one who is clearly not the author of this legal work called HIPAA statement to sign that work as if it were, because when you sign that HIPAA statement or whatever legal document they put in front of you, the only authors uh, that are expressed on that document is your signature, right? Because mm. there's no one else's name on it. <laughs> no, interesting. Right? I mean, it's an, it's an incredible act of fraud, you know, from another perspective. So, but you don't want to get into that kind of conversation with these people because you're going to throw them for a loop. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand them. You know, that's all there's to it. <laughs> if that's a problem, you got to tell me why I need to sign something I don't understand. Sorry, man. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a way to go with it. There's no point in signing stuff. Any stuff, especially stuff that you don't understand, and especially if it's in another language like flipping glossa. <laughs> That's right. That's what what sure. they call it. I think Rohan's calling it dog Latin now. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, certainly, you, know, you you can call it whatever you want to call it, but the, the thing is, is just there's there's no permissions for that kind of writing for for all capitalized sentences words not English yeah uh, um, it's like they I buy by a judge and I said yes I do and so if glossa comes is presented to me if it's put in front of me I don't understand that because that's clearly not English yes right so there you go yeah yeah the it's rules are right in front of you the disclosure is right in front of you. You just have to take the time and have the temerity to look into all of this and to see how the matrix works. And um, very few people are willing to do that outside attorneys, even attorneys. Many of them don't, don't have a lot of ideas as to how all this is working. So, but hey, you can tell them and they're going to get it pretty quick. <laughs> Yeah, for, for the moment, it suits them to keep going along in that in the way it is because they're making um, a lot of uh, this FRN stuff out of it. I, right. Yeah, they, they are, yeah, they are uh, they're acquiring energy mm -hmm. through the ignorance differential. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's, and that's through fraud. It's it's when you mm. it's when they start. It's when enough of us wake up even just one of us and we're, we're just, you know, look, the jig is up. Um, I know how you guys are doing this and this is how you're doing it. So now we have a meeting of the minds um, on, on how the fraud works. What are you going to do about it? And then, you know, they either just leave you alone or by the mechanism of force, they proceed against you. And that, that is, is concerning and that, that, that's cause for concern because once the construct goes from force, uh, from just, you know, uh, fraud through words, through the wordplay, through legalese and through ignorance of legalese, once it goes away from that just to straight up force, that's when there's going to be a lot of undoing of the, the, the matrix. Yeah. Because, you know, then the attorneys themselves will, they, they will become uh, vulnerable. 
because then they themselves, there's no way to write themselves out of uh, the fraud if everything's just force, right? If, if, if it's just a total police state and, and all power is concentrated in, in, in just hands instead of many hands right now, the, the power right now, legally speaking, is concentrated in a great number of legal hands, a lot of, of attorneys that subscribe and respect to a certain degree that work that they've created. When that work fails because so many people know about it and, and how it's being done and they just replace it with force, then it's all over. Then it's going to be, um, and then we're already in a state of anarchy, right? But it's going to be a truer state of anarchy when everything is just force. So quite interesting times. Very interesting. It's, it's, it's quite a place to be to have this knowledge and to see all of this unfolding. Indeed. Yes, it is. It is. It's, it's, it's tough as it can be. It's really, like I was saying earlier, it's about having this awareness of what this, legal stuff is what this legal name is just to have the awareness is is big in its in itself before you even do anything about it just to know this stuff not to just conform and comply to every single whim and every single demand that makes a huge difference just to have the awareness of it so yes yeah yes and i've i've come across people are like why do i need to know this stuff and it's like why know anything why <laughs> anything that even if just having the awareness mm -hmm. is is your not you know it's your it's your as a human being you, you have an intellectual and in a heart-based aspect uh, mind and heart space and you know you've got to use it there's a reason that you have it it's 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 so that you can do what you are what you came here to do. Yeah. Um, and I guess a lot of people, it's just, too, it's just too difficult for them to want to go there. They just would rather be asleep. They would rather mm -hmm. just reinstall it into the matrix and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just like this movie, you know, the, she was so upset when she, you know, she woken up and she just wanted to stay asleep for the next the 90 years. And um, there's a lot to that movie that I'm sure others will they'll, they'll, they'll see it and right. start getting to the anagogic of it. But yeah, it's, uh, to me, the whole movie is, they're just telling us the way it's the way it's going down. Interesting. And, uh, yeah. It's, anyhow, so any other experiences out there other than mine or? <laughs> Yeah, I know we, mine is a little thing, but oh no, that's uh, definitely a, a big important uh, experience to share. To you know, because that's stepping into the matrix of some you know some degree to go into those mm -hmm. special, like you said, the medical part of the matrix is massive. So that's a really big one that uh, you managed to come out of there without signing any of that stuff. Uh, that's really that's a really good achievement to do that without like you said you kind of um you know declining but in it in softly rather than saying no I, I won't i won't i won't it's like well i don't understand it so i can't <laughs> it's a really good way around it. 
it's kind of, a, I can just, I, I hear a woman with an English accent saying, would, would you have me uh, sign a document? You would have to do this. Would you have your own mother do this? No, no. You get them. You get them on your side. Yes, that's right. You get, you, 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 all you're doing is, is giving them a mirror and saying, look into this yes. mirror. There you go. What you see. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's more of what we were talking about earlier, you know, the more that you you resonate with people and you see the good in them and they'll see they're seeing the good in you and you're being genuine and them and saying, Look, I don't understand this, so I can't sign it. They yeah. they they have to feel it, you know, they have to feel that themselves when you when you do it that way. Yeah, and you find that common ground. Yeah. And you join with them and they join with you yeah. and together. Mm-hmm. You're so much better off than yeah. separate and divided. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, it comes right back down to, yeah, together. And and what uh, Garrett was talking about, just trying to find the good in people. So finding that common ground, because we do know within each human being there is good. It may not be easy to see, but if you're looking for it and you're lucky to find it, then find it. So that's perfect. Thank you so much. I love your words of wisdom. <laughs> Getting a little bit louder in the background. Mute out for a little bit. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing that. That was really cool. Totally appreciate that. That was really uh, good to know that you could do that instead of uh, you know them saying no 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 you can't we can't treat you then if you don't sign this that was definitely I think that was pretty that was pretty good uh, achievement I think so nice job I really think that's good yeah so those interactions with the with the system the they're always interesting, especially when you can get somebody to actually appreciate you and acknowledge you and, and your your view on it and your position on these things when you say, look, I'm sorry, but I can't do this because. And that's the whole thing about these, these getting out of these programs. They're having, you know, a lot of, like I was saying earlier, a lot of people are kind of doing stuff. And why are you doing it? They don't even think about why they are. It's just because they always have done something this way or this is what I always do or I see it all the time all day long I'm like well why do you do this like this because I used to just follow the the instructions and do all the things I was taught to do things a certain way so I just always did them now I question everything I'm like well why why am I doing it this way um and um it's it's very good to ask why instead of just getting on and doing it all the time so, you know, I think that's really to be able to interact with the system in that way and actually say, look, I need to understand this. If I don't understand it, I can't do it. And it's the same with asking why. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this this way? It's very important to ask why. Question everything. I love that little phrase. Question everything. <laughs> it's really good. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely uh, a good one. A good one. Good story. It is. Is there anybody else that wants to jump in? We've got quite a few people on the board. 
some of which I don't recognize, and some I do. I'd love to talk to you uh, or hear people's shares for them, what they've gone through with the system or with their families or whatever hard stories they may want to share with us. Right, yeah, yeah, because we can all out with stories. But uh, yeah, if anyone's got anything, but if not, that's okay too. You can always uh, finish up early if necessary, if there's no more stories to share, sort of um, me rattling on with the same old stuff over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's quite a lot going on in this house too, as you might be able to hear. I think somebody's just arrived. I think it might be their daughter, because they said she was going to be arriving. Oh, cool. Yeah, it sounds like God wants to say something in the background. I mean, dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the dogs. Oh, those dogs are so funny. They're so cool. They do so much. Well, they're, they're actually not they. They're the one, little one, the other one's deaf. Um, and he doesn't wolf much. But the little chap, he's always very vocal. So I'd, I'd say to him, he's got lots of um, important woofing to do every day. <laughs> he has a very important woofing job. So he goes, woof, 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 woof. And I go, oh, hello, 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 hello. And what have you got to tell me? He goes, woof, 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 woof. I'm like, oh, that's very interesting. What else have you got to tell me? He goes, woof, 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 woof. That's really cool. So, yeah, he's a really sweet little chap. He's very little and he's very cute. So, yeah. They're, uh, they're good guys, and they've got a couple of awesome cats. Um, so, uh, yeah, great family here, this, this this little home here. We have uh, good times here. It's a great spot to be. So, yeah, I hear uh, maybe, I know Ra, her mic's open. I don't know if you're trying to jump in there, Ra. I know you've heard. Hi. Hi. Hey. hey. I've got a, got a quiet spot here. Great. For a few minutes. Yeah, um, I'll tell a little little story. A few weeks back, I ran into um, a bank manager that uh, I knew for quite a few years um, on a personal basis. Um, did business with her for, for quite a while. And she did some dirty, nasty deeds um, to us. And I ran into her uh, a few weeks ago at uh, a, a function that was going on downtown and she was staring at me and I was staring at her and I knew who she was, but I think she was kind of drawing a blank. Um, so I had walked over to her and I said, do you remember me? And she's looking at me and I said to her, I said, um, um, I just like to thank you because I've known you for quite a few years. And I was, uh, you know, involved with your, your banking system. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for showing me um, through your actions, your criminal intent um, towards um, us in a, in a whole. And I, I, I appreciate that everything that you had shown me, uh, what you were doing, uh, because it, it opened my eyes to, to the banking system back in, uh, 2013, and they did some nasty stuff. I'm not going to go into it in the literal here. But uh, in the end, after about, you know, five minutes of her listening to what I was saying, um, I had mentioned to her, you know, check out uh, legal name fraud. Um, do a little bit of homework and see what you've been, you know, playing a part in as I was. And uh, she just spun and, and headed for the back into the building. I was standing outside with the kids. 
and uh, she had uh, bolted back in the building. So I, I'm getting a good idea. She's the bank <laughs> manager of a Commonwealth Credit Union, and I've known her for, for 20 years. But for some reason, she didn't see me that day. She was a senior, like, I know her, I've seen her, but I can't really remember. Uh, so I gave, gave her a little bit of a reminder of what she's been doing. And I thanked her because if it wasn't for her, um, what she was doing, I wasn't going to be able to see, you know what I mean, what exactly what was happening and what I was literally taking part in because I was just as deep into it as she is. Right. So I, I was able to see that through her eyes and what she was doing in her actions. So I, I, I thanked her for, for showing me that. Um, and uh, I don't think she was very grateful. She didn't want to look in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're all responsible for everything that we do and we think. I started smoking at 13 years old. And I was sitting talking about this with, a fr- with, with someone today. And I was 13 when I started. And I, I, I picked it up because I had seen certain things. And I had heard certain things. Um, nobody forced me to do it. Nobody, there was no peer pressure to do it. Um, and now people, you know, they turn around and they go, well, I smoke because, uh, you know, they put all this out and uh, they addicted me. I was totally responsible for doing that, for picking up the smoking as a little girl. I was responsible for that. And that's how I, naive we were because the seeds that were being planted, I never um, took the time to look into it. I just kind of went with the flow. Everybody was smoking, so this was the thing to do. So we kind of followed the lead of what everybody else was doing and we've lost our free will choice on what you know on the actions that we are now that I'm the age that I am I've experienced what I am I take full responsibility for everything that I've ever thought everything I've ever you know done any action anything I am fully responsible for that and that's why I talk to the kids about that all the time about how they need to be responsible for what they think what they feel and what they do totally this is on you nobody else but you and because it watching the kids uh bicker amongst each other um and the first thing when you go over and well, what are you fighting about well Naya did this or ollie did this and they're both blaming each other and they're not taking responsibilities for how they're reacting to the experience themselves say and this is where it's really a, a challenge to, for, for the kids to see this because, it, you know, this is very deep, you know, even with a, a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old, they have, like, they're the, at the age of what they think 12, but at the age of, what, 50 when it comes to the information that they have within their minds. So they have to kind of go back and, and start thinking for themselves and, and realize what they're doing, and they got to start being responsible for what they're saying and what they're doing and, and how they feel everything. And I explained that I had a long conversation with her one day explaining to her that she has full um, control over the mind. Uh, You can go anywhere you want within the mind. You can be the most evil, evil that you, you want to be, but it's the actions. What are you going to do with that? How are you going to think? How are you going to uh, walk through your, your, your life? 
how are you going to be? So this is a real challenge with the kids to um, not only deprogram myself, but through deprogramming myself, they're able to watch watch me and I see everything I mean absolutely everything as a program I try to see everything as a new even when I look at a tree yeah they say it's a tree but I try to just see it for the beauty that's why I said to Naya a couple of years back um, we were walking through the bush and there was a cluster of flowers I don't know if I said this on the show before there was a cluster of flowers and I called her over and I said Naya I said look at this and she's like yeah and I said let's pretend there's no language I said, would you look at that and would you put a, a title on it? Would you say, this is what it is? I said, or would you look at it and just admire it for the beauty of the, you know, the creation within itself? That there's no labels, there's no titles here. And, and that's what's really, a, really a challenge is to separate yourself from everything that you've been told. This is what it is. And that's where I really got it a couple of years ago, just staring at a dictionary. It wasn't even open. I was just looking at it and I was like, holy crap, you know, everything is explained. Everything is explained. What's going on? Uh, the whole concept of living and life is explained in this, not only the Bible and all these other literatures, but the freaking dictionary. So it, this is where we have to take our imagination back and we have to start thinking for ourselves and be responsible for what we do and what we say and, and how we feel. And it, I've just become where everything is absolutely a new for me. There's no, I have no expectations of anything or anybody, not even myself. I walk a fine line. I know what's right. I know what's wrong. And uh, that's just how I, I walk and where the way I walk and through my life, it affects anybody that comes into contact with me, anybody that comes into contact with me. So I've been just um, kind of riding the wave and going moment to moment. It's, it's a moment to moment for me. Everything can absolutely change in the blink of an eye. That's why I have no expectations. I have no desires. I don't wish or want for anything. I just accept everything for what it is. And it's been really hard, really hard. I've really had to stand back and, and look at myself. And it's the only way that I can do it. It's the only way. I can't speak for anybody else. I can only speak for myself. I only know what I'm thinking and what I'm doing. So it's become, that's where the challenge is for me is to be able to just separate everything else and go within to your own imagination and see things for yourself and how you see things around you. And I've been able to find a very comfortable balance in that. Um, I have absolutely no fear. I never have. I've, I've been telling myself this my whole life. And, and I, I know that I have. I dreamt one uh, there was two dreams that I had as a, as a little girl through my, my whole childhood. And one, I've only told a few people this. Um, my significant other is always known. Uh, I told him this 30 years ago. Because it's always been weird to me why I would have this dream of a black square. Um, and it terrorized me. It was a black square that stood on its end. And it spun very slowly in a back, back in a black background. And I would want to touch it. There was something that was drawing me to touch it. But I was, <laughs> the fear was unbelievable. 
this fear that I would feel and it would wake me up and I would go stand at the end of my mom and dad's bed. Uh, I didn't wake them up. I would just stand there. And of course, you know, my mother would always wake up and go, what are you doing? Well, I had a, I had a bad dream. Well, go back to bed. And it was always the same dream all the time for probably 12, 13, maybe 14 years. I had that dream consistently at least two or three times a week. And um, another one of three faces that would come out of a black background and um, fly really fast in front of my face. I couldn't see myself in the dream, but I knew that I was there. And this black square, the symbology of this black square is, is, <laughs> is very much being talked about. So that fear, like I knew, I was telling myself the whole time something was off, pay attention, and now I am. I didn't then, but I am now. But I knew there was something wrong, and I've always known there was something wrong. Instead of fighting it, I just ran from it. And, and that's how I would just, it, if something come up, I had no problems walking away from family at 20. You know, if something, was, there was a problem with a family member, that was it. I wasn't going to fight. It was fight or flight, done. That's it. I have no qualms with cutting you off. And so it, it, was, it was really a, a journey to walk through the whole thing, knowing, knowing now I'm at this point that everything then now makes sense. Everything now makes sense to me. And I'm, I don't know all the answers. I'm not saying I know all... Everything is, is, is where the intelligence comes in. So I hope I didn't talk too much. <laughs> That's really cool. Not at all. That's great. great. Interesting dreams. Yeah. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Through through my whole. I don't. I don't know why. I never yeah. had the weird dreams. You know. I I thought it was odd because kids would tell me. You know, they'd have all these dreams of waking up or having dreams standing on stage and everybody staring at you. All these really weird dreams, and then I would just have these two and I don't dream I still now do not dream I've had a couple dreams um in the past couple in the past year or so but they're just you know they're my imagination playing with me right but other than that I don't dream and I always thought there was something weird about me why don't I dream everybody else dreams and I don't dream because Murray would tell me about these wild dreams that he would have mm -hmm. and he was at war in his dreams, always running. There was always some type of fighting going on that he was hiding, ducking and running and hiding all the time. Mm. Uh, and I just went blank and I thought something was wrong. Why don't I, why don't I, do I not have an imagination? Like I started to question why everybody tells me about their dreams and I don't have any to share except for these two dreams that terrorized me as a little girl. Right. <laughs> Just to, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. A lot of people don't remember their dreams. Mm -mm. Yeah. I believe there's a lot of people that don't remember their dreams. And mm. I think it's a lot of work if you mm -hmm. want to remember them to more work than I want to do. I'm happy going to sleep. I love going to sleep and I love mm -hmm. 
Well, I think you come out of it confused too, right? Like the dream state should be, or the dream imagination should be with every second of every moment of every waking. You know what I mean? Like this is your dream state. When you're when you're going into the sleep state, dream state, you come out confused. You don't come out knowing what you're even dreaming about. There's a lot of confusion there. But, but if I you're able to dream of, pardon me? I'm not refreshed. I feel like I've just been regenerated. I've been rejuvenated. I've been mm -hmm. through that part of this because I love it so much. I mean, it's just so sweet to go to bed. Mm -hmm. I love waking up. Now, once I open my eyes and I see where I am, sometimes it's disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Not really where I want to be, but it is where I am, and I accept that. Mm -hmm. um, but you're right. Maybe the people that do remember their dreams may, I mean, it's just take a total. Uh, mm -hmm. Here, is there anyone on this board that remembers all the dreams for most? So the dream, and if you do, I mean, you might. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we talked about yeah. dreams a bit um, a couple of weeks ago, and I was saying that I know I dream, but most of the time I can't remember. I, I, I'll wake up and I'm like, that's really something really important, and I just cannot remember what it is. So I, I'm aware that I'm dreaming, but most of the time I can't remember what's going on. But I'm pretty aware that something pretty important's been going on, and I've been involved in it. So that's a whole different thing. There was there was a long period that I couldn't remember any dreams at all. And now I can remember a few, but for the most part, I just know I've been dreaming, but I don't know what they are. So that's another another experience that way. So each We're each different. I don't know what we do do when we're sleeping. I mean, you know, I think maybe we do. Like, you know, Libby was saying at one point you were, going all, to all sorts of places and then you wake up and you're like oh I'm back oh dear <laughs> so yeah it's like, right is <laughs> our sleep state our awake state and is our awake state our sleep state because it sure feels like we're more we're less aware even when we're in our waking state than the joy it's like I feel like I'm going home when I go to bed right like there you go somewhere that's an interesting place. Thought. Here I don't quite hear. <laughs> I was like, mm. <laughs> this is a crazy world where my sleep works. <laughs> interesting, huh? Yeah, upside down and inside out, right? There we go. It's a crazy world. I have something to say about dreams. Cool. Whenever I hear the word dream, I think, do re mi. Do re me. Do re me. It's a sound that creates reality. Is it not? Do re me? Yeah. Yes, I guess so. Yeah, it's a sound. It's, sounds. It's, it's music. It's, um, yeah. it's, um, it's an idea that we have, and we put it in the sound and mm -hmm. the reality that we experience. Um, it, when I was in... Um, kind of funny because I, I want to say when I was in the real world, um, but really um, when I when I was in the dream world as a professional trader, 
All right. Um, when so for, for the, the literal interpretation, would mean I, I, so. What I did is I managed uh, energy. I managed uh, money for people, and there's a lot of a lot of energy and a lot of stress, and mm. um, it was a, but it was not reality at all. It was a virtual reality. It was a dream world. And when I was in that, that world, um, my days consisted of a dreamlike trance, um, for lack of a better way to describe it at the moment. And when I came out of that trance, when I came out of that market, so to speak, that's the literal interpretation of market. There is no market. It's just a virtual thing that people, that it's, it's like, it's like many, many dreams intersecting simultaneously millions and millions of dreamers, um, online dreamers coming in and trying to manifest their, their, their hopes and their, and their wishes, uh, through the, uh, so-called stock market equity market. Um, and so I would spend a great deal of time in the 24 hour period construct in that dream world. Uh, the virtual world. And so in many, many times when I was in that place, I would come out of it and I would begin to interact with people around me and I would have to get into a machine and operate it and, you know, uh, travel down the road. Many, many times people would comment to me um, something like, um, you, you know, maybe we need to pull over because you're not really here. And so what, what it got down to after a few years is um, it, I, would have to, I would have to decompress for two hours before operating a machine because I was in a dream world for so much time out of the day. And so when I came out of it, it was, it was difficult to disconnect. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Uh, because the way, the way that I operated and many of us operated that I was – linked to we operated in an, in an ether uh esque an ether esque reality interesting like a virtual reality right and when we came out it the, the way this mind works is it, it doesn't immediately shut off it begins to continue to think about what it's been through and so it took about two hours to get out of that virtual reality into the alternate reality which most of us share Right. And it took, you know, it took years to, to get out of that, <laughs> but it was basically a dream world. Hmm. And it is to this day, a dream world when, you know, that, that is a, uh, it's a virtual reality and it's where people come together and they collectively dream in the stock market. Um, and there, there's a lot of energy involved. All and it's it's a very pure um, environment for intentions and dreams to exist, and, and and the means by which we connect is through the internet. Or do we? I don't do this anymore, but the, but when I did do that, it was it was the internet. It, it was it, the internet was beginning to really blossom commercially speaking, and it was through these stock markets that it was that it was really taking off and. Um, you know, when I I got into it, people said you're going to fail. 
and you're not going to do well, and, and this is not the way to go because no one's ever done this. Mm-hmm. But the, the reality of it was that we're doing it all the time. We're doing this all the time, but this is different. Current C system, the commercial system that, you know, so, yeah. So, yeah, the whole dream thing, you know, it's, you know, as Ra was speaking about that, it really brought a lot of that back. And, and, and she speaks of this, the cube and the square. That's that's highly important because there's a collective, con- there's, 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 I think that we're collectively dreaming, which we're looking at the cube and the square for some reason. I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated by it. It keeps on coming up in my reality, in my perspective, constantly. Um, but it's, you know, it has to do with construction because I'm working on a house. I'm trying to take a house that's divided and bring it together, literally and pedagogically. And um, so, yeah, the cube has a lot to do with that. And, and, and I came across a great quote the other day. You know, uh, I have a disease. It's called thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a few of us doing that. I think outside the cube. Outside the cube, yeah, right. No going back in now. You have to see the cage in order to get out of it. And the best way to get out of the cage, what it is, and, and the cage doesn't actually exist. We're not, we're not in the cage once we get this. You know, once you get to the knowing, and the, the, the knowing comes through the heart and the mind together. So you can hear that noise in the background, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> and I've got gods in the back of mine. <laughs> yeah, you know who that is? <laughs> Flint. Flint, yes. That was my guess. Tina. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Sarah, when you were talking about decompressing, are you yeah. talking about after you would leave your, we'll call it the workplace, and you had to, your mind was still in that dream state? Because I, I was thinking about that um, when you said that. I, I watched my significant other daily, all day, because that's what he did. He would he would work all day, and he would come home. And in and while he's awake, he's still in that dream state of that. What am I going to do the next day? Did I do things right? All his whole dream state was still in the reality of the workforce. It didn't go outside that. He, yeah. he had no imagination outside um, just his business, and that was it. And it, it it his and that's what he would do. He would go to bed. The same thing. He would go to bed dreaming about the same thing that he did all day and he would wake up in that same exact state. Right. Especially yeah. if a job, especially if a job, like he was on a job that was really, you know, like real difficult, you know what I mean? Real precision, like take one of your hair and split it in 20 pieces and come up the size of putting a, you know, a pin in a hole to that. So he would, he would just feed on that. So he would get up in the morning in that same confused, um, full of anxiety um, state, same thing. So he lived that whole state 24 hours a day, whether he was awake or whether he was asleep. 
it was nonstop. It right. was, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, and yeah, and I've got background information on that, and that you know, it, highly technical work. You don't stop solving when it when you know when a clock hits four or five. You don't no. stop solving problems. Your mind in the background is constantly working. You know, and it's for some people they cut it off, but in the more technical arts, such as what he does, and what I do is it's highly technical, but it's also heart-based as well because you're dealing with a, a, a very high level of emotional uh, aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that we, as a trader, so to speak, of equities, we, we deal with a lot of mathematical uh, technicalities. So the mind is engaged, but at the same time, the heart is as well. And in his case, in his case, it sounds like the same thing because he's dealing with machinery and uh, creations of his own that, you know, that if, if, if something is not done correctly, people can get hurt. So Well, that's what the main thing, that's what the big thing was, was that th- this is a life or death um, because he's hanging from a crane at a mill that if a pin is not perfectly into size, that it's not heat treated properly, that it's not put in um to with precision um somebody could die so that was a really big thing for him right it was always the fear of death because it was it was heavy equipment it was trailers um hauling heavy equipment it was cranes at the mills so it was always somebody else could be harmed if he didn't do things exactly right so that pressure that he was putting on himself was it was extending beyond it, it, the pressure was worrying about others is what it was. Yeah. And he was, you know what? He's, he was in that position because, you know, he had the aptitude and the capacity to be there. And so that's where he needed to be. Um, mm-hmm. You don't want the guys or the gals to be in that position that don't have the capacity to really be heart oriented as well as intellectually mm-hmm. engaged. Mm-hmm. And such mm-hmm. a thing, but yeah, but the, I think the point, the, the uh, one of the big points here is that it is very difficult, when, especially for those of us that choose to to be very responsible. It's very mm-hmm. difficult for us to disengage from that responsibility based on a clock, a, a twelve-hour, twenty-four-hour clock. Oh, there, it's not just that. It's the comfort of insurance. Right. People, it, like, they're very comforted by that. Well, I'm not filming for it, but, you know, we have $4 million liability insurance. Right. Protected. But he still, you know what I mean? There's still, yeah. that did not. Yeah. That was insurance. nothing to him. Yeah. yeah. There, there's no insuring a lost life. It, it's it's gone. But, exactly. um, but again, we're dreamers. And mm-hmm. I think all of us are dreamers, but when it comes to like uh, your your mate um, and myself and, and the trading, we place ourselves at the place in which you know we are able to take our dreams and manifest them into this reality. And we don't go over that level. We may test it. Okay, we may we may test our limitations. 
Um, and when we do that, we a lot of times we can't sleep. We've got to bring home work with us. We bring it home, and it causes a lot of problems at home. It causes a lot of discord around us because oftentimes, and this is just my observation, a lot of very responsible, very productive, you know, risk-taking type of people, they oftentimes are around people that are not that way. And it's almost, it's like the contrast propels them and reminds them of who they really are. They, they decided to come to this place in order to solve big problems, not small problems. And in order to solve big problems, there's pain and anxiety, at least not necessarily for us, because when I was doing what I did, everyone around me was like, oh my God, this is insane. Something bad's going to happen. <laughs> and I was sitting there saying, I'm having the time of my life, baby. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, see, that's what, I, it, there's where you see the, the, um, the moral compass when beings are actually realizing that they don't have the same moral standards because people refuse to work with him. Yeah. Um, it, it got to the point that nobody wanted to work with him. Um, especially for welding and tacking on um, his, his line bore and his shot and stuff that he needed to need to tack on. So people started to, to um, withdraw. They didn't, they were like, I don't want to work with him. Get another, get somebody else, you know, to work because he expected perfection. He expected that he expected that of himself and he expected that of everybody else. And ones that could not stand up to that, they just voluntarily backed off. They had no qualms with saying, I'm not working with Murray. Because they just knew that they could not, um, they couldn't be liable, morally liable the way he was. They were to just get it done, get it quick, uh, put some well in, who cares if there's some slug in there? You know what I mean? Like it was just, so they would back off. So Murray ended up just, um, getting rid of everybody else, not expecting anything of anybody else and got all the equipment to do it himself. And that's yeah. what he ended up doing in the end. Right. Because nobody yeah. wanted to work with them. They didn't have that same type of, um, um, high ethics, like ethics to make sure that somebody's not going to die when we're done this. Yeah. This is, this is the, this is the difference between the path and the super highway. Very few go down the path or go up the path. I like to say go up the path because if you're on the path, nowadays you're going up because very few people are with you. Uh, consciousness is an upward uh, – consciousness is – let's put it this way. Consciousness is. And the superhighway is not about consciousness. It's about, it, it's about just being comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, know, you, you know, what you're saying, it's, you know – very few people are going to be able to relate, but you know, if, if, if you are a change agent, if you're going to do things the right way instead of the wrong way or the mediocre way, you're going to be on the path, not the super highway. Yeah. And, uh, but that's okay. You know, we all have the place we need to be. And we know, we all know where we need to be because we're constantly, it, it's looking us in the face. Mm-hmm. every day and we might not like it but and I've dealt with a few people lately here that are like uh, I'm not where I need to be I'm lost 
like you're getting the information that you need to get in order to make the best decision for you, not necessarily for me, but for you. You need yeah. to do what you need to do for you. Mm-hmm. Because you chose to be in this place. Yep. Um, we all did. We've all chosen. I, I get the idea here very strongly that we have all chosen to be here. It's this is no freaking accident. Nope. Um, and we have a certain function to perform in order to have the experience that it offers us so that we can be better um, at fulfilling our purpose. I, that's it, it just seems like that's the way of it. And the good and the bad all go into serving that purpose. Good and evil serve that purpose. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so that's it. I, that's it, it continues to round out. I continue to learn. I'm continuing loving learning. All the experiences, the good and the bad, which all of you know about, are serving the purpose. And the purpose is a higher level of consciousness. A higher level of so that so that so that I, you, everybody can serve better. Good stuff, chaps. Thank you. Hey, uh, Jolly. Yeah. Uh, you saw the YouTube video of Wayseer, the, the most, the, the more recent one. Yes, yeah, we played oh. it earlier. That's a hey, that's a great song to begin and end with. Oh, we did play it. Charlie found it and played it. There was, wasn't a song though. The one we played wasn't a song. Well, so it must be something else. Maybe you're talking about. I'll have to find his site because he's got a new song as well. His song. It's it's kind of interesting because he does both. Uh, he, he teaches like he does a monologue, and sometimes it turns into a song. That's the original Wayseer Manifesto. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's nine minutes long. We played that often. That's the Bill Ray Me. Okay. Yeah, it's brilliant. That one It's brilliant. I love that. I love but that. yeah, he's come up with another one. Trying to, as you know, he's trying to, like I'm doing, and like a lot of us are doing. We're trying to remind people how powerful they are. Exactly. Called how to change people. That's the one that you think. Yeah, how to change people. Something like that. Yes. I got a link there. Yeah. 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 We we played that today. It's not a song, but he's just explaining it again. And like I said. Also, that it's a reminder of something we already know, but it's a really cool reminder. So I, I really enjoyed that, yeah. We played it earlier on. I think God is saying he likes it too. Yeah, he's saying, what's going on in there, Jolly? I want to know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, sister, I want good. to thank you again for all that you're doing to keep this show going because with OT, we Yeah, we keep going. For quite working the hours that you're working and sojourning the way you have sojourned, you have kept this show running for two years. 
and a bit maybe. Is it two years that we've been doing this, Misty? I guess, yeah. At this point, almost wow. 2016 now. So, yeah, it's a good couple of years, I'd say, at this point. I'm sure you joined us about a year ago, too, didn't you? Almost always go. There was that two years ago, too. Yeah. It's just spun by. So, I do want to put a call out and a thank you to everybody listening now and in the future. Yeah, to thank everybody who's helped us in any way and is helping others along the way who don't have the means to get the internet or a phone or all the things that the system wants us to have. And through your goodwill, you've done that for people. So thank you to everybody who's helped anyone along the morning. Thank you. Good stuff. Well, thank you to Libby for always being a, a bright shining star amongst us and uh, sharing your stories. It's always uh, wonderful to to hear it all from each other, you know. Oh, so, I'm so grateful for your sister and yeah. for all of our virtual family. So thank you. Indeed. Yes. So thank you to everybody, all our brothers and sisters. We're here to support and encourage each other. And as we go. We are one, this one's called Thank you.